بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا ذنوبكم My dear respected brothers, sisters, elders, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us Islam to make us successful in this life and the hereafter. Starting today, I want to share with you some key lessons for us to follow to become successful. I remind you and myself that it is only at the finish line that you know who won the race, not before. This life is a race and every one of us is running it. I want to share my learnings and my experience with you. To use it or not is your choice. To win any race, you must know the rules. You must know what you need to do to win and what can disqualify you if you do the wrong thing. You can be the fastest person on the planet, but you can only win if you run in the right direction. That may sound like stating the obvious, but it's the most common reason most people lose the race because they are running away from the finish line instead of towards it. So what is the right direction? It is the direction that will take you to the goal. Because only those who reach the goal are winners. Even those who don't reach the goal, but try their best to do that, can hope for a consolation prize. But what about those who do not even try? Or worse, who do the opposite of what it takes to reach the goal? I remind myself and you that we have two lives. One that we live here on planet earth and the other that we will live in the hereafter, the akhirah. We cannot write our destiny in this life <clears throat> because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us limited choice. <clears throat> But in the akhirah, the life in the hereafter, we have total freedom, complete freedom to write our destiny in the akhirah, to choose whatever we like. Those decisions of what we want in the akhirah are based on the choices we make in this life. What is the goal? How can we win? And what can disqualify us? That is critical to know. The Quran al-Kareem in its beautiful, lucid, concise, clear manner states and defines the goal. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, 
أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم كل نفس ذائقة الموت وإنما توفون أجوركم يوم القيامة فمن زحزح عن النار وأدخل الجنة فقد فاز وما الحياة الدنيا إلا متاع الغرور الله سبحانه وتعالى said which means everyone shall taste death and only on the day of resurrection shall you be paid your wages in full and whosoever is moved away from the fire and admitted into jannah only that person is successful the life of this world is only the enjoyment of deception it's a deceiving thing there are four things that are stated in this ayat al-karima number one that everyone without exception will die number two that winners and losers in the race called life will be decided on the day of judgment and full reward and may Allah protect us punishment will be given on that day number three only the one who is saved from the hellfire and entered into Jannah is successful and won the race number four the life of this world is a deceiving thing let us take each of these and look at ourselves in the light in the light of the ayah the first one everyone without exception will die if there's one thing in the world that the whole world agrees upon every single one it is that we will die one day there are all kinds of theories and philosophies about what will happen or not happen after death ranging from we will become plant food and push up the grass on one side to that we will be reincarnated in the form of another human being or insect or bird or animal or whatever but these are theories because every single one of these theories was invented by somebody who died. Only the Quran Al-Karim can tell us with certainty what will happen after death because its author Al-Hayyul is the one who lives and never dies. Only the one who never dies can tell us what happens after we die because he is there to see it. And he told us that we will be resurrected and brought back to life and brought back to him and be held accountable for what we chose to do or not to do in this life. This is a heads up for all intelligent people saying, watch it because you are being watched. You can't hide and you will have to give an account for it. It doesn't matter whether you agree with that or not. It's going to happen. This life is a time to choose. <clears throat> Death is not the cessation of life, but the cessation of choice. Death opens the door to another life and shuts the door on choice. So let's choose wisely. 
This life operates on the principle of cause and effect. If we want to change an effect, we must address the cause. The interesting thing about it is that each cause has two effects. An interim temporary one in this life and a permanent one in the akhirah. For example, if I smile, if you smile, you look friendly, you make friends, people think that you are a nice person. But at the same time, every time we smile, a hasana is written into our book of accounts in the akhirah because to smile is charity. This might sound simplistic, it's not. It's simple but not simplistic. Small deeds with great results. These are the signs of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla shanu. The intelligent thing to do when we know that we will all die and believe that we will be caught to account is to ensure that we speak and act in a way that will not create embarrassment or worse for us when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To live thoughtfully is a hallmark of Islam. Not to live like a bot or a robot. To live thoughtfully. To make conscious choices. Because to live is not merely to draw breath. Breathing is different from living. A person in a coma is breathing. But is he living? Do you call that life? Life has a purpose. And to live it to fulfill that purpose is a sign of living thoughtfully. What distinguishes us from animals is this thoughtfulness and speaking and acting to fulfill our purpose. Living by default from sensation to sensation, pandering to base desires is to live like an animal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in, in his infinite mercy did not leave us without guidance about how to win. He sent us instruction manuals and coaches, his books and his messengers, all of whom came to show us how to win. Remember that they came to show us the way, not to force us to walk on it. As they say, you can take a horse to the water, you cannot make it drink. It is for us to decide if we want to drink or not, knowing that it is this water which gives us life, without which we will all perish. That water is hidayah, it's guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do what is good for us and which pleases him Jalla Shanu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the freedom to choose. He said, لا إكراه في الدين قد تبين الرشد من الغي فمن يكفر بالطاغوت ويؤمن بالله فقد استمسك بالعربة الوثقى لم فساب لها والله سميع عليم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, which means there is no compulsion in religion. Verily, the right path has been shown distinct from the wrong path. Whoever disbelieves in taghut, in false deities, in false ideas, and believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that person has grasped the most trustworthy handhold, which will never break. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all hearer and all knower. All humanity is free to choose. The path of righteousness is clearly defined, but the choice is left to us. It's like the warning sign on cigarettes. Those who smoke cannot say that they didn't know that it was going to harm them. 
We are free to choose, but every choice has a price tag. Not choosing is also a choice. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us His guidance in the form of the Quran and its explanation, the field book, the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are not asked to choose blind, but to choose with full knowledge of the price of each choice. There is no blind faith in Islam. There is faith with the knowledge of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and what our relationship to Him is. The one who chooses to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has grasped a handhold that will never break and will take him straight into Jannah, inshaAllah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant that we make the right choices for which we will not regret when we meet him. Jalla Jalalahu. Aqulu qawli hadha astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa li sa'il muslimin fastaghfiru innahu huwa al-ghafuru rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathiran kathiran Qala ta'ala inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala ala muhammad Kama sallayta ala ibrahim wa ala ala ibrahim inna kahamidun majid Allahumma barik ala muhammadin wa ala ala muhammad my brothers and sisters, I remind myself and you that winners and losers in life, in the race called life, are decided on the day of judgment. Because winning and losing is what happens at the finish line, not before. There are many instances of runners who show great promise in the beginning, but pulling ahead of all others, but they fall back and sometimes they drop out of the race altogether. And the examples of the opposite, runners who did not show too much of promise in the beginning, but who eventually win the race, who pull ahead of everybody else. Both these examples are plenty in our life. As they say, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. This is very important to remember because we get deceived sometimes by people's material success and we think of it as a blessing. We have, uh, I always mention this partly as in a humorous way and only partly because people build magnificent houses with haram income and then they write there, Hada min fadli rabbi. They can Pakistan <laughs> both. Let us remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never called wealth and children or power his blessing. He called them tests. He called them trials. About the situation of all human beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Al-Asr. We all know the Surah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Walas. By Asr, Allah is taking an oath by time. Verily, all mankind is in loss. 
All mankind are losers. Except, and Allah described four things. Except those who believe in Allah, in Islam, do good deeds and recommend one another to the truth. That is, they enjoy good and they forbid evil. And they recommend one another to patience, to sabr. So next time somebody has a child, don't say Allah blessed you with a child. Say Allah tested you with another child. That is what Allah said. And then run like hell because they'll probably be upset with you. Nobody likes to hear the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us by default that everyone is a loser except those who satisfy four conditions. Those who have faith in Islam, those who do righteous deeds, those who advise each other to be truthful and, do, and practice that themselves and those who advise each other to be patient and steadfast while doing that themselves. Remember that all these four conditions must be satisfied simultaneously. And this is the catch. Today we seem to believe that if we simply are born in a Muslim home and if we have a name Abdul Rahman, then Jannah is my virasa. I'm the inheritor of Jannah. I don't need to do anything else. But that's what, that is not what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us. This is how we separated our actions from our belief. But that's not Islam. Islam is not a set of worship rituals. It's a complete way of life. Being Muslim is not about ethnicity or nationality or race or color or nothing. A Muslim is someone who believes in and follows Islam. Just like a Musalli is someone who prays. It's not someone who knows about Salah but doesn't pray. The Haji is someone who did Hajj, who performed Hajj. He made the Niyah for Hajj and he completed the Arkan of Hajj. It's not somebody who went to the Hajj as a photographer and he went through all of the, from the, from the Kaaba back to the Kaaba, all through the entire process because he was making a film on Hajj. Is he a Haji? No. He's a photographer. He's a tourist. A Saim, Rosedar, is the Roda Rakha. Asaim is the one who fasts. He's not someone who knows about fasting. So therefore, it's not all, it is also not someone who went to an iftar party. Huh? So therefore, a Muslim is the one who practices Islam. Not someone who knows about Islam, but does not practice it. Islamically, there are no NPMs, not practic non-practicing Muslims. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered, Allah said, Ya ladina amanu udkhulu fi silmi kafatan. Wala tattabiu khutwati shaitan, innahu lakum aduhu mubin. Allah said, O oh, you believe, enter completely and totally into Islam in all aspects of life. And do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Verily, he is your plain enemy. My brothers and sisters and elders, I remind myself anew that Islam means to submit our will to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every aspect of life, in all our decisions, attitudes, likes, dislikes, aspirations and goals. To submit completely without exception is to be a Muslim. And enter that special group, may Allah enter all of us into that, that can look forward to the forgiveness of Allah and entry into Jannah. 
Please think about the word submit. What does it mean? Supposing I want to eat a triple Sunday ice cream and my brother here Basam gives me a triple Sunday ice cream. Am I submitting to his will? No. Where is the submission? He is giving, he is giving me what I want. I, I love him. I love him even without the ice cream. But point is that there is no submission. What is submission? Submission is I want to eat the triple Sunday ice cream and this other brother of mine Omar Yaktin tells me, Sheikh, this is bad for you. Don't eat it. So I say, okay, I will not eat it. Now that is submission. Because I want to eat it, but he's giving me good advice, I follow his advice. So when Allah is saying submit, what does it mean? It means obey Allah, even if you don't like to obey Allah. That's the meaning of submission. You tell me what is the meaning of submission? Where is submission in something that you like to do anyway? But this is what we have done with Islam. This is what we have done with Islam. In Hyderabad, we all we, we have the finest cuisine in the world is Hyderabadi cuisine. And I don't care who dislikes me saying that. And among that Hyderabadi cuisine, we make the best sweets. And in that, my family is number one in the kind of sweets we make. So now we have in our Walimas and so on, all the uncles, I'm also now in uncle stage. So we are sitting there, we are barely able to walk because we are so fat. And then we eat this sweet. And if somebody says, Chef, please do not, he said, no, no. Meetha khana huzur ekaram sallallahu alayhi sallam ki sunnat hai. Huh? So don't eat the don't eat meat. They say, no, no, no. To eat sweet is the sunnah of Rasulullah. MashaAllah. I mean, you know, you are a muhaddis. You know the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu So how about your clean shaven face? Or shaven face. I don't call it clean because to take off the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu is not clean. How about that? How about praying in the masjid? How about not telling lies and not cheating and not ghibah? You know, how about the rest of our social life? Think, think about that. Sunnah, only because you like to eat sweet anyway. This is what we have done to our religion. We have forgotten that selective obedience is disobedience. Selective obedience is disobedience. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us three things to do, how many are, how many are we supposed to do? Three. If out of those three, if I do one and I leave out two, what am I doing? I am disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Selective obedience is disobedience. Selective obedience is arrogance. Kibar. Takabbur. Allah gave us three things and we are saying, no, no, hold on a second. You gave me three things, that's fine. But I will do only two because I don't like the third one. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Afatu minuna bi ba'dil kitabi wa takfuruna bi ba'd. He's asking a question. Fama jaza'u man yaf'alu dhalika minkum illa khizyun fil hayati dunya. Wa yawma al-qiyamati yuradduna ila ashaddil adhab. Wa ma Allahu bi ghafilin amma ta'amaloon. Allah said, and do you believe in part of the scripture, part of the book and you reject the rest? I give you three orders and you pick up two and you leave one or you pick up one and you leave two. Is this what you do? 
Allah says then if you do that then what is the reward what is the recompense for those who among you do this except disgrace in this life khizyun fil hayati dunya khizyun is not only disgrace it is difficulty it is trials it is tribulations it is musibat after musibat loss after loss khizyun life becomes tight for you because your, your, your brain blows up because of your, of your stress. Khizyun fil hayati dunya. And it doesn't end with that. And then Allah says, And on the day of judgment, you will be returned to the worst punishment. Ashaddiladad. Not any ordinary punishment. Worst punishment. And Allah is not unaware of what you do. Why is this? Such a You might think, you know, after all, I'm not rejecting everything. I'm doing at least something. So why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being so hard and so harsh? Because it's not about what you did and what you did not do. It is about the action of rejecting the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The arrogance of standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and saying, you may want something, but I want something else. And what I want is more important than what you want. This is what we are saying with our actions. And that is why the punishment is so severe. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about those who insist on following their desires in opposition to the ahkam and the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ara'ayta mani takhada ilahahu hawa? Afa'anta takunu alayhi wakila? He's asking him a question. He's saying, have you not seen, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, those who have, the one who has taken as his ilah, See the words of the Quran. Allah is saying as his ilah, he is worshipping it. That is his deity. Who is that? His hawa, his desire. Not Allah. Not Allah. He is saying la ilaha illallah with his tongue. And with his heart and his actions. He is saying la ilaha illa hawa. There is no one worthy of worship except my desire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him, Will you be the advocate for such a person? Will you do shafaat for such a person? Will you intercede for such a person? What does it mean? Allah is saying don't do it. Do not intercede. The shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu which we rely on, which we bank on at the end of everything. We say, Ya Rab, accept the dua of your Nabi for me. And Allah is saying to the Nabi, do not make dua for him. Do not make dua for this person. What more can I say? Let us ask ourselves if we fall into this category of people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is prohibiting his Nabi sallam, from seeking forgiveness. I remind myself and you that all goodness begins with one thing and that is obedience to Allah. Everything begins with obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And nothing good can come out of disobeying Allah. Absolutely nothing. And that one day we will answer to him about our choices. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us very clearly the, 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 the ayat which you hear in every Jumma khutbah across the world. Ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very clearly, Oh, you believe, have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fear him, fear his anger. 
and always speak the truth. And if you do that, what will happen? Good, good news, glad tidings. He will direct you to do righteous deeds and will forgive your sins. And whosoever obeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, only that person has got fawzun azim, <coughs> has got permanent success. And for those who do this, what is the reward? Is the reward is the company of those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. وَمَن يُوتِي اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولَ فَأُولَئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ عَنَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَيْ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَحَسُنَ أُولَئِكَ رَفِيقًا Allah is saying, and whoever obeys Allah and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi then they will be in the company of those on whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed his grace. Of the prophets, of the siddiqun, of the shuhada, of the salihun. And how excellent are those companions. Now, brothers and sisters, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu. To help us to do that which is pleasing to him and to save us from that which does not please him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in ways that we cannot see. To enable us to obey him because in his obedience and only in his obedience there is khair and barakah. And to save us from his disobedience because in his disobedience there is no khair and no barakah. رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِلَّمْ تَقْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُنَّنَا مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر لنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الرحمين آمين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحان الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عذو يستجيب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الساعة